pattern. Downfield, touchdown Miami. What a throw, Devontae Parker. Holy smokes, what a drive. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose, as it has been lately, of Miami Dolphins football each and every day. And on today's show, we're going to cover day three of the draft. We're going to get to know Larnell Coleman and Jared Dokes, the running back out of Cincinnati and the offensive tackle out of UMass. Dolphins trade out of the fifth round, pick up additional draft capital next season. We'll cover that. We're also going to cover the media from day two with Coach Flores and with Chris Greer, as well as Javon Holland. Liam Eichenberg and Hunter Long, the tight end out of Boston College to wrap up the media for day two. All of that and more on this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. we got another busy day ahead of us here on the podcast. Let's go ahead on this Day three recap podcast, just as we did on day two with the previous day's media availability and start this thing off here with a question I asked for Chris Greer and Brian Flores regarding Javon Holland and his playmaking ability. Chris answered the question first and then Coach Flores gave us a follow up. Yeah, he's a very smart, instinctive football player. It's been a very productive player. You know, he's also been a punt returner there, which, you know, we talk about too, but at the end of the day, this guy just has a nose for the football. And, and, but it was his football intelligence and getting to know the kid that uh, stood out as well. And so, you know, um, I think for us, you know, going through this with Brian and stuff, we were really excited. Uh, you know, we were nervous that this player may not get there because, uh, you know, uh, there were a lot of people that really liked this player. We heard after we made the pick, we got numerous calls and texts. And so I think for us, um, adding a player of that caliber, you know, uh, you know, Brian and I were really excited. And, you know, our defensive staff was um, really happy. So we're, we're happy to have him. And I think uh, he's got a good player and a good chance to, to be a good player for us. Yeah, Javon was one of, honestly, my, my, my favorite players to watch. Very versatile, played inside, played safety, um, punt return. Um, you know, I think you mentioned it, Travis. A uh, lot of ball production. Uh, so you know, we're excited to, to 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 get him and work with him. And I think we'll be he'll be, he'll be a great fit for for our team. Want to go ahead and pick it up on a later question for Coach Flores back talking about Javon Holland. Here he is talking about the skills that he loves in the Dolphins' new safeties game. I really enjoyed watching this this uh, Javon play, um, and. You know, for a lot of reasons, uh, the way he tackled, the way he defeats blocks, um, his versatility, played some nickel, played some deep safety. Um, there's a lot of things to like. So, um, you know, again, I'm not into comparisons, but I, you know, I feel like he'll be a good fit for what we do. Um, and, you know, I think he's got leadership qualities. I think he's got, um, you know, the ability to com- communicate and really quarterback a defense because he's smart. And uh, I mean, I'm excited to have him. And, um, you know, we'll see, you know, he'll get an opportunity and to, to, to earn a role on this team. And, you know, I'm hopeful that he can, you know, fill multiple roles. And if he can, he can handle it, then you know, we'll do it. And if he can't, um, then, you know, we'll work with him until he can. So, And I broke down his game on the Day 2 Recap podcast yesterday. And full transparency, I was up until 2 a.m. watching more tape on him because I love 
love, love this kid's game. Those of you that have been with me for the whole ride with Locked On Dolphins and now Drive Time know that safety has been one of my more successful positions for scouting purposes. I loved Derwin James and Minka Fitzpatrick that, that same year. I loved Jesse Bates and Buda Baker, a pair of pro bowlers or should be pro bowlers in the National Football League. I was the driver of the Antoine Winfield bandwagon last year. And Javon Holland is that guy this year. He's multiple. He's instinctive. He is a hell of a playmaker. I won't go in on it because I already discussed this on the previous podcast, but I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this guy a lot this summer and going forward. How about the trade-up for Liam Eikenberg at pick number 42? Dolphins go from 50 up to 42. Here's Chris Greer on the thinking behind that trade. You know, I think for us, when we made the trade, um, we knew there was going to be a run of offensive linemen. As you saw in that second round, there was a, a big run of offensive linemen. And so for us, it was important to get up. You know, we had spent a lot of time getting to know Liam. Uh, we liked his toughness, his character, his competes. He's been a durable player. He's played a lot of football. He's very smart. And so for us, he was a guy that, you know, we had talked about and targeted and, and felt, you know, all the stuff that Brian and myself, uh, the coaching staff and scouts were looking for. So it was, it was important to get up and get in. And as you saw, it was a big run on offensive linemen in that round. So, uh, as, you know, as Brian says, um, these guys have to earn positions. You know, they're rookie coming in, but um, this kid's a tough, competitive kid that is smart, understands football, comes from a good program, has been coached well. So, um, you know, I'll I defer to Brian if he wants to talk about, you know, positions he's playing, but um, this kid will come in and compete. And coach essentially from there just took over and said that he's going to come in here and compete at all positions. He's played at all positions, wants to get him acclimated first to his teammates and the playbook and all that fun stuff. But mentioned he does have versatility to play left, right, also guard. And Liam Eichenberg actually mentioned this himself on his press conference, which we'll get to here in just a second, that he'll play wherever they want him to and he'll even play center, he said. He then, of course, followed up by, there was a follow-up question asking him, have you played center before? And he said, no, he has not. But this kid is versatile. Versatile, very reliable and durable. Liam Eichenberg. Let's continue here with the final pick of night two and tight end Hunter Long out of Boston College. Of course, Coach Flores is alma mater. Uh, they were asked, Chris and, and Coach, about that selection. Here's what they had to say. Yeah, I had no say in the pick because he was from Boston College. So that was all Brian. Yeah, you know, I, I was excited to, to add an eagle. Uh, Hunter's a, uh, he's tough, he's smart. Um, we had him at the Senior Bowl, so my entire coach staff got a chance to to spend some time with him, and uh, you know he's a typical Boston College you know player. He's tough, he's smart, he's a team first, and you know, we're excited to have him uh, along with all the, the guys we, we we grabbed over the last couple of days. So it's been a it's been a a fun two days, and um, you know we we like all these picks, and um, you know we're excited. If you couldn't tell, their coach was laughing. Chris was laughing. There was a pretty light mood in the press conference, especially towards the end when Safa Dean of the South Florida Sun Sentinel started talking about Coach Flores' drip and the fashion and how he's coming for Cam Wolf's title as best-dressed man in South Florida. And I got to say, both those guys are on the running because I always tell Cam he's the best-dressed guy on the Dolphins' beat, and Coach Flores comes here with the suit looking sharp. So good stuff in the press conference. I want to go ahead and finish up here. Chris was asked about how he feels the Dolphins did to satisfy those criteria Coach Flores talks about tough, smart, team-first players. Here's Chris. Yeah, I think we feel that we've uh, upgraded our roster. Um, we've, we've, we've added some speed, some playmaking. Um, got some guys at, at you know, O-line, D-line, which, which are always in that, in that show last year, especially uh, how important that is to win in this league. 
Um, added in, again, like you said, the playmakers on offense and defense, uh, the guys that can make plays on the ball and score touchdowns. So, you know, for us, it's, you know, we have a good roster. Adding these guys in with the competition and their competitive spirit, as we've talked about, will we'll be really good and help us keep growing. And so um, we're very happy and pleased. And, uh, you know, for us, it, it was a really good two days for us so far. Let's go ahead and get to some of the highlights from the player media availability on Friday night, starting with safety Javon Holland. I went back and found a story about his him being a coach's son growing up and how they had some some rules in the house, get your schoolwork done, get your chores done, get your workouts in, and he had to do 100 push-ups every day. So I asked Javon about that workout regimen and the discipline and structure in his early life and how it helped him prepare to be a professional football player now with your Miami Dolphins. That's a great question. I think that you know having those training regimens as a kid just – puts me in a better place of, you know, organizing my own time and making sure that I'm holding myself accountable um, when no one else is, you know, trying to check me. And I feel like that's a part of being a, being a professional is, you know, holding yourself accountable, make sure you're getting your job done. We came back later with Javon here. I asked him another question about playing receiver in high school. And then Mario Cristobal, the head coach at the University of Oregon, actually said in an interview, and it was a big story at the time, uh, on some of the Northwest papers out there covering the Oregon Ducks, where they said Mario Cristobal said that he's probably even a better receiver than he is defensive back, but we're not going to move him for now. So I asked Javon about playing receiver and what that taught him as far as the ball hawking skills, nine interceptions in two years. That was tied for third most in college football between 2018 and 2019. So I played receiver in high school a lot, and, um, and I, I, that's where I developed a lot of my ball skills. And I feel like I have a, you know, a good sense of how the ball trajectory is going to be in the sky and things like that. And I definitely think that, you know, added to my, my, my ball, you know, ball skills and ball hawking ability. If you say. So he talks about ball hawking skills. They're also talked about playing soccer and lacrosse and different sports and baseball growing up. So this kid, an athlete to the T, he also compared his game or, or models his game, I should say, after Tyron Matthew, the honey badger there. So that's good company. Let's go ahead and pick this thing up here with Dolphins offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame. And I had to ask him about playing through a game with a swollen shut eye and having one eye or one functioning eye throughout the course of that game where they ran for 300 yards and eight yards per carry against Florida State. Here's Liam. Yeah, that was a little tough. You know, I, uh, there's a lot of ice on it when I came off the field, but uh, yeah, it was swollen shut. I mean, I, I had to help my team win, you know, had to be out there. That's all I said. Had to help his team win. What a warrior. What a great football player and what a fit here in Miami. I want to go ahead and play this clip where he was asked about playing left tackle and learning new positions. And I've talked about his technique a lot on the day two podcast recap and how just sound of a technician he is and how mechanically good he is. And that's a product of working hard. So I wanted to play this clip for you because I think it really tracks as far as his ability to play his natural left tackle position, but also be versatile to learn new spots and just the kind of character the Dolphins got here on Liam Eichenberg. You know, I'll figure it out. I, I have the work ethic, I have the attitude, you know, the technique for it. So I'm looking forward to it wherever they need me. And how about some X's and O's talk? And speaking of mechanics, Liam Eichenberg talking about the mechanics right here. This is what you come to drive time for, for this type of analysis from your new offensive lineman. Yeah, you know, I, I think I'm very efficient um, with my footwork in the run game. And then in pass pro, I think, you know, I, I have violent hands and I'm also, um, you know, I'm very good at vertical setting. So, you know, I think I bring a lot to, uh, you know, this organization. So I'm very excited for it. And then here's a bit from Eichenberg that I found really intriguing, talking about some of the Dolphins players he knows and how he's learned about the culture here in Miami and how it's all about team first and helping the team win and how much he loves that. Yeah, you know, I was talking about Jerm Smythe and then I met uh, Austin Jackson out in, uh, when I was out in Phoenix training. And, you know, it's just kind of that idea that, you know, this team has a great culture 
you know, there's, there's very disciplined and, you know, they have that same mindset. Everybody has the same mindset, you know, that, that they want to help their team win. So, you know, I, I loved it. You know, I, I think it's, it's about the team, you know, the team's first. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And we'll go ahead and conclude the media recap here with Dolphins tight end Hunter Long, who talked about the connection between Brian Flores at Boston College and playing on the coaching staff here with the Miami Dolphins at the Senior Bowl and getting to know those guys. Here's Hunter Long. Um, obviously, the, the BC program is known as being a hard-nosed, tough program, and um, it, it breeds guys like Coach Flores, and he's, he's an awesome guy. And uh, Obviously, I got to know him at the Senior Bowl a lot, and um, um, there's really one moment I can share, but... Um, Obviously, throughout the week, I was able to talk to him and, and build a relationship with him. And, uh, he, he was awesome down there for me. And if you go back and check out the press conference, please forgive me for the stumbling on the question I had here for Hunter Long. I just, I was reading something as I was reading the question, so it made me say the wrong word. But I basically asked him about playing in two different offensive systems there at Boston College. One, a very run-heavy based offense, one more of an air it out scheme. Here's Hunter Long talking about how that helped prepare him for the next level. Yeah, I always say it. I feel like I got the best of both worlds at BC with, with both offenses. Obviously, a more run-heavy offense in this past year really opened up the pass game. Um, I just think it, it allowed me to, to become a well-rounded tight end and, and work at all aspects of the position. Um, so, so I'm grateful for, for the journey I had at BC and grateful for the original coaching staff I had there and obviously the previous coaching staff. Uh, they taught me so much, and, and I feel like I was really able to build the tools that, that um, I think I, I'll need going to the next level. And we'll finish up here with a question for Hunter about his ability to both solve a Rubik's Cube in 47 seconds, but also the fact that he builds computers in his spare time. Um, I started I started solving a Rubik's Cube freshman year of college. Uh, I was just bored one day and ordered one. Uh, it kind of became a thing I did just in my free time, sitting at my desk or in bed, and uh, I got all right at it. <laughs> uh, the, it was a little nerve-wracking solving it on live TV. I didn't want to mess up, but... Uh, it went well. And then uh, the, the other hobby I, I think people will be a little surprised at is I build computers. Uh, I built my first computer when I was 13 and have built a couple since. So it's a big hobby of mine. And, and I graduated with a computer science degree from BC. So it's kind of a big part of my life. So another one of these smart players coming down from Boston College here to join Brian Flores' team here in Miami. And let's go ahead and transition now into day three, the final day of the 2021 NFL draft. It has come and gone. One of my favorite moments on the calendar in the rearview mirror now as we look ahead to the 2021 season and eventually the 2022 draft class. But that is a long way down the road. We thought we had three picks today, but we wind up taking two players because in the fifth round, that pick was traded away to the Pittsburgh Steelers for what could have been a relatively significant trade-up in next year's draft. The Dolphins get out of pick 156, which was smack dab right in the middle of that fifth round, and they get back into the fourth round next year. So considering all the compensatory picks, that draft pick is at least 25 or so spots higher, depending on how many fourth round comp picks they give out. And that's if Pittsburgh were to win the Super Bowl and pick 32nd in every single round. Let's say they finish nine and eight and miss the playoffs. That pick will have jumped up around 40 or 45 spots or so. And draft picks don't depreciate year to year. A fourth round draft pick now is a fourth round draft pick any year. So you got to love that for the Dolphins getting up and getting more value out of that pick. And finally, from Peter King's last column, this was from uh, this past Monday, he talked about teams maybe being a little bit more ready to make a move like this to get out of this year's draft and get picks in next year's draft because of the amount of medical reports out there is just much, much more scarce 
than what it typically is and has been when you have the combine in Indianapolis. So the Dolphins increase value with that move. Now, these draft picks are a little bit different than what we're talking about and I'm talking about these two seventh round picks, then what you're talking about in the second and third round and obviously the first round too, because in the case of a Larnell Coleman, for instance, out of UMass, he acknowledged at his pro day the reality of being one of these prospects projected to go late on day three. Uh, Dane Brugler had him in the sixth round. Dolphins get him in the seventh round, so that's a good value there. But he talked in this article on coasttocoastscouting.com about how important his pro day was to him, and there was a little bit of nerves in there because of the fact that he knew he had to put together a solid workout. Before we get to that, the strengths from the one game I got as far as UMass tape goes. It's, It's scarce out there, boys and girls. The athletic ability, the number one thing that stands out right away, he can really, really bend at the knees and sink into his anchor and use those active feet to stay square in front of his man. When you hear the term, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard scouting terms that maybe you're not familiar with and bending at the knees compared to being a waist bender is very, very important because it allows you to kind of stay on balance and stay with your hips over your feet, your shoulders over your hips. And that, of course, will give you better balance and, and balance is everything in the National Football League. And then also maintaining active feet through contact. Sometimes you'll hear the term dead feet upon contact that guys stop their feet. And that's also one of the worst things you can do. He does not do that. He keeps the feet active and they are very, very quick feet. The next strength is the length. He's got absolute vines for arms. He's also got a ridiculous wingspan. He is really tough to disengage from when he gets those big mitts out there and wraps you up. Also, the feet and hip flexibility. Again, back to the athletic ability here, but I mentioned the quick feet, the move to side to side. I would have loved to have seen this guy run the rabbit drill in Indy at the Combine. That's where you put... And they might have actually gotten rid of this drill, but it was fun to watch when they had it. But they would put an offensive lineman on one side. He was playing O-line. And the other guy was basically running back and forth between two cones, trying to showcase the transition and the weight the weight transition of the offensive lineman's ability. I think this guy would have absolutely killed that drill because he has the athletic ability and change of direction to be good in that area. And he's also, you see that when he works at the second level in the running game too. So again, athleticism is the name of the game for Larnell Coleman. His measurements, six foot six, 307 pounds, 84 and seven eighth inch wingspan. That is the second largest in this class. 35 and a half inch arms, a 5.1740 yard dash time, a 1.83 10 yard split. That's a great range to be in getting off the ball, showing the explosiveness. And then 113 inches on the broad jump too. That's, that's explosive for a guy that size. 31-inch vertical, again, more explosion. And then 24 bench reps with that long of arms is it's pretty impressive. Uh, Technique-wise, I am excited personally to watch Coach Lemuel Jean-Pierre get his hands on this guy. And Dane Brugler at The Athletic writes that he's a little bit erratic with that initial punch and can wind up kind of getting his paws outside where you hug the guy, and that's where holding flags come out. So refining that punch and getting all the athletic ability working together is the job ahead there for Lemuel Jean-Pierre. But that's why he was elevated to this position. Coach Flores at his press conference post-draft actually talked about how Sometimes when he walks by a coach Lem's office, he keeps his head down to keep moving because he knows Lem's going to pull him in there and start talking football. He's like, I got things to do right now, coach. Maybe, maybe at the next meeting, we'll get to that. But some statistics for Coleman, 40 career games, 29 starts. He played 17 at left tackle and 12 of those on the right side at right tackle. He allowed just one sack last season, three pressures allowed in four games total. That's 126 pass blocking reps, a pressure every 31.5 pass blocking snaps. And you saw significant progression in those stats throughout his years there at UMass. 
36 pressures as a sophomore, down to 22, and then down to four, albeit in four games, but you track that and prorate it for a 12 or 13 game schedule. 12 or 13 pressures there. So the progression, the growth has been there, been tangible there. And Dane Brugler wrote that his issues, Coleman's, are correctable and he's had an impress or that he's an impressive ball of clay. And really what you want in the seventh round of the draft, right? A guy that you can mold and work and develop and maybe year two or year three, he's a swing tackle and eventually a starting tackle for you maybe. He's been packing on weight his entire college career, and I imagine that continues in the NFL. He certainly has the frame to carry it. Now, in the seventh round, the Dolphins finished up the draft with Jared Dokes, a running back out of Cincinnati, 5'11", 228 pounds. And when you look at some of the strengths of the 244th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, he is body beautiful. There's an old adage in football that the players with the most impressive and most imposing bodies are the ones that get off the bus first in road games to, I guess, intimidate the opposing team. That's probably a really old school saying, so I don't think teams even see that happen anymore. So, but you get the idea. That's it's an adage, but Dokes is one of those players, five foot 11, 228 pounds, absolute wrecking ball as a player. He's a three down type player too. He has the skill set in him. And first again, has the body to really handle the punishment dished out at this level at that position. He also caught passes, zero drops in 2020, despite a frequent screen game in that offense. And as you'd expect at that size, he holds his own in pass protection when he chips back there as well. He can really make an impact when he helps on doubles and chips and and identifying the blitz and where that stuff comes from. Some of the stats, 637 yards on the ground and seven touchdowns last year, 202 more through the air with a pair of touchdowns, so almost 1,000 yards and nine total touchdowns. He forced 25 missed tackles on 144 carries, and he ripped off 17 runs of 10 or more yards. He allowed one sack and 130 career pass protection reps. Now, we talk about the athletic ability of this guy, 39 and a half inch vertical jump that he had at his pro day. That would have ranked fourth among all running backs at the combine in 2020. Of course, no combine this year. A 4.5740 yard dash, 120 inch broad jump. So, a ridiculous amount of explosion in that lower half, and the guy's built like a house. So, it really kind of matches up uniquely in that regard. A 7.213 cone time and 19 bench press reps. Dane Brugler had this about him, that he missed the 2018 season with a sports hernia injury and then fell into the backup role in in 2019 behind Mike Boone, a very good running back there at Cincinnati and now of the Minnesota Vikings. But he regained the starting role as a senior and led the team in rushing, which drew praise from his coaching staff for his positivity and drive through adversity. And his high school coach, uh, Doak's high school coach, said that his physicality changes everything. We were really impressed, or what really impressed me was that even during our drills, he was the most physical guy I've coached in 20 years. And Simon Clancy of Gridiron Magazine over in the UK wrote that he his coach tried to tackle him in high school and dislocated his shoulder. So this guy absolutely brings the load and brings the wood. His coaches also said at Cincinnati when he arrived as a true freshman, that they thought he was the best player on the football field. So I think this is a tremendous way to close out the seventh. You come away with two upside players that have athletic traits, guys that love the grind, And again, they sound like Miami Dolphins already. And Coach did say in his post-draft presser to remind us all about how far these rookies have to go, all of them. So I can't wait to watch how they develop on that practice field. And we're going to run the audio on the Monday episode of Drive Time Podcast of that press conference with Coach and with Chris and get you a comprehensive look at their answers. They kind of cover the roster in general. We'll look at the offseason in general and the roster and break it all down as I tell you where I see the strengths of this group lining up and where I think the major improvements came from 
a year ago. But since the media for both the draft picks today was so brief and short, let's go ahead and add them here to this podcast and get out of here. Three podcasts for you guys this weekend. I hope you enjoyed them all. Let's go ahead and get to know Larnell Coleman and Jared Dokes a little bit better. The first few questions for Larnell, he was very excited about the fact the Dolphins picked him. He had a big smile on his face, said he can't wait to get down to Miami. He also happened to be wearing an aqua-colored t-shirt that was a coincidence. He thought that was pretty funny as well. Somebody asked him about that, but he also was asked about his athletic ability, the fact that he has that basketball background and how that could help him on the football field. Uh, you know, I love basketball since I was a kid. You know, you know, my father had us, me and my brother in camp since we were uh, real young. And I think for me, basketball is literally this, uh, at least playing defensive basketball is the same thing as playing, playing offensive line or at least playing tackle, I'll say. And I feel like a lot of that athleticism is definitely going to transfer over onto the field and has been, I think, as you can see on my phone. Now, I found that very interesting, talking about how playing defense and basketball translates to playing offensive line or at least the tackle position. And it's kind of right, right? Like, stay between your man and the basket. It's the same idea. Stay between your man and the quarterback. And so that's a really good point I've never thought about before. One more question here for Larnell regarding his 84 and 7 eighth inch wingspan and how that helps his game. I definitely use it. You know, you'll definitely see it in my pass blocking game. Like, you know, I got to use them long arms to keep defenders off my quarterback. So you definitely going to see me use it in those situations. And as always, these can be found on our YouTube page and the Miami Dolphins YouTube channel. Let's go ahead and transition now over to Jared Dokes, the final draft pick for the Miami Dolphins on Saturday night out of Cincinnati, the running back. I asked him about overcoming adversity. He had a sports hernia injury in 2018 that cost him to miss the entire season. He came back in 2019, earned that praise I mentioned from his coaches earlier in the podcast. I asked him about it right here. After that injury, you know, it just, I was in a pretty down place, but you know, uh, I'm a pretty close with all my teammates at Cincy. So, you know, they kind of helped me realize how important I was on the team. And, you know, just became really close with the teammates and they kind of helped me, help motivate me to get back to where I was. And that's why, that's the bond I plan on having with teammates up in Miami. So I've been trying to ask questions to get these guys talking about their teammates this weekend. And that wasn't even intentional, but he brought it out right there in himself. So again, walks like a dolphin, talks like a dolphin, must be a Miami dolphin here with Jarek Dokes out of Cincinnati. Let's go ahead and follow up for another question here with Jared. I asked him about a question I saw in an article where they interviewed him and asked him about his three dinner guests he would invite, dead or alive, if he threw a dinner party. And it was Kobe Bryant, Dave Chappelle, and Marshawn Lynch. I asked him about what he's cooking and what he brings to the table in that party. Uh, I say cooking. I just probably like some barbecue. You know, it's a good old barbecue, ribs, burgers, all that. And, uh, you know. Just have a good old time. Those are all guys that I look, you know, that I look up to. They all professionals, you know. They all just bring comedy, professionalism all to the table. Things you can learn. And he also mentioned later in a question that Marshawn Lynch was the guy he looked up to as a running back as a professional. And his tape kind of checks that box too. He runs mad, violent, and angry. So that is it for our player media here. We're going to finish up tomorrow on a podcast with Chris Greer and Brian Flores' Saturday night media and a comprehensive review of this offseason, of this team, of this roster. Before we get out of here tonight, I want to go ahead and just thank everybody that came to the draft party. Thank everybody that follows me on Twitter and engages with me on Twitter, that downloads the podcast, that reads the stuff up on MiamiDolphins.com. All of you that 
reached out to me and told me that I did a good job on the draft party set. That really meant a lot to me. So thank you so much for all of you that came up to me and talked to me at the show and, you know, mentioned it in my Twitter mentions on Facebook, whatever it might've been. I really appreciate everybody reaching out and getting in touch with me and, and telling me that because it was my first live TV type of deal like that. And it was definitely nerve wracking. But once I got settled in, man, I was right in my element. We had one line pre-scripted for me, and, and John Jemmy drove this whole thing and did such a good job of hosting. I had one pre-scripted line, and in that first line, my microphone gave me feedback, and I was worried about this line because it wasn't football. It was like a promo for the draft party, and so I was already like trying to memorize the line, and when I do that, I tend to stumble over things. I'm way better when I free flow, so... I got feedback and wound up getting through the line. And then once we got into the draft picks and the football, I felt right in my element. So that was a ton, ton of fun. I also want to throw out some names here. I'm going to forget some because I definitely can't cover everybody. But Jason Jenkins, Ann Nolan, Brett Brecheisen, Stuart Drew, Simran Dave, Hiro Ueno, Caroline Wright, Catherine Milken, OJ McDuffie, Francis Wang, John Kinjemi, Channing Crowder, Kim Camper, and Joe Rose. Some folks that I associated with over this draft party and folks that put the show together, the stage manager, the show, the production manager. So many people put so much work into that show. It was so much fun. And the entire weekend, of course, just countless, countless people putting in effort on this stuff. And you see it in this Miami Dolphins organization. And I want to shout out one last thing here because this organization has been great to me, but also to the fans. And Jason Sarney, if you don't know him from the Fins Maniacs website and, and the, does podcasts and does Twitter spaces, he is just all over the place talking Dolphins football. Guy loves this team. He does the uh, the charity poker tournaments with the JT Foundation with Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie. He's always a good time in there as well. We and him DM a lot. We talk. He's a very good guy, very big time Dolphins fan. The Dolphins shipped him a football with his name on it for some work he did with some of the charity relief, the DCC and, and the food relief program. So good on you, Jason, for doing that. Good on the organization for getting the ball out to you. That tweet made me cry, man. I'll be honest with you. Kyle Krabs and I talked about how much we cry these days because we're fathers. And that got me. So Jason Sarney, congrats, man. That was a really cool tweet you put out there. Go check it out. It's on my timeline. And Colin Cowherd picked it up and tweeted it out for him too. So Sarney, you're big time now. Don't forget about us when you're the man. All right, that's going to go ahead and wrap up our third day of draft coverage here on the Drive Time Podcast. Again, we're going to come back with you guys tomorrow and do the whole comprehensive roster review. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast. And of course, we're going to have written profiles. The Jalen Waddle piece is up on the website right now in depth. About 1,200 words of stats and film and fit. Tons of good information in there on MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.